Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Home365. Home365 is a real estate company that helps people just like you invest and manage real estate across the country. Home365 has local realtors scattered in various markets who are investing experts. They help you find a great investment based on your own personal goals. Home365 also manages over 8,000 units across the country with over 150 employees, combining incredible first-party, mobile-first technology with local feet on the street. They even offer a one-rate guaranteed product that takes the risk of eviction, vacancy, and day-to-day maintenance out of real estate. The company is backed by incredible partners like Verizon and Samsung to bring the best innovation to your property. To learn more, you can go to www.home365.co, email service at home365.co, or call 717-413-6976. Look forward to hearing from you. What's up, guys? I'm, I'm super excited for another episode of the Real Estate Hackers podcast. Today, we are highlighting Detroit we have an amazing uh, guest with us, somebody who built a property management company in uh, in Detroit. Uh, she's seen it all, tenants, investors, uh, real estate agent, born and raised in Detroit. Man, super excited to introduce Tyra Nicole to the call today. Tyra, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, so Tyra, why don't you start by giving these guys a little background of kind of, you know, what's your background with Detroit? What have you done? Uh, you know, take us through kind of how you got to where you are now. Okay. So, um, started off in the real estate business 17 years ago. Um, actually started by working with, um, a top producer real estate agent. I was his assistant and I just kind of took in everything and learned the business, decided to get my real estate license. I became a realtor, um, was his assistant for about four years and got my license in 2009. Um, And from that point on, I just kind of went full throttle into real estate. So um, I found my niche early on in my career and it was working with investor clients. So started working with investor clients. It worked perfectly around the crash of 2008 because it was like the investor's dream market, especially here in Detroit. Um, at that time, you literally could get a move-in ready property for about $10,000 <laughs> in Detroit um, around the, the market crash. So, um, so yeah, I really took advantage of that market, worked a lot with investor clients. My problem was I could never find a good property management company to refer my clients to. And so I'm kind of one of those people where if can't find someone that can do it, I'm going to just figure out how to do it myself. That led me to start a property management company, um, built it from the ground up, 
all the way up until about 400, little over 400 units. And um, I just, after starting that company, I didn't look back and, you know, just went from there with doing property management. So that's kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, you've seen a lot. The, uh, you're definitely a hustler. Uh, build up your company to managing over a couple hundred units. Um, so, uh, you know, folks who are maybe considering investing in Detroit, uh, maybe give folks a couple things they need to know. Why don't we start off with, let's talk about like price point. So, you know, let's say like uh, maybe a single family home, B-class rental. So in a pretty decent neighborhood, what what's that cost and what's it rent for? Well, right now, since um, since recently, r- rates, including rental rates, also um, homes on the market for sale have drastically went up. So right now you're looking at, if you're talking about a move-in ready property, B-class neighborhood, you're looking at, at, at the least, maybe a little under 100000 now. Um, like I said, that has just drastically went up before you could probably get one for about fifty, sixty thousand. Wow. Um, and then as far as renting it out, the rental rates have went up as well, of course. So now you're at about, you know, twelve hundred dollars minimum now uh for rent is what you're looking at. You know, it's funny, uh, you know, since you've been in Detroit for so long, a hundred grand or so for a B class property that rents for twelve hundred, that probably sounds like a lot. I will tell you for people in other parts of the country, that is a screaming hot deal. Uh, that is not normal uh, pricing. So yeah. those are definitely super reasonable rates. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's all in comparison, I guess, with, with, with the appreciation you've had. Tell us what's going on with Detroit. What are you seeing kind of across the city? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is, is there job growth? Is the city feeling better than it did maybe five, 10 years ago? It's definitely better than it was five or 10 years ago. Over the last 10 years, I've saw a tremendous amount of growth in Detroit. And everyone talks about, a lot of people think it's just downtown. It's not just downtown. It just kind of started in downtown. And then now it's expanding to the neighborhood. So there's not anything that, of course, is gonna happen overnight, but we're definitely experiencing a lot of growth, um, a lot of areas that used to maybe have like the whole block all abandoned, tore down houses. Now they've started rebuilding those neighborhoods to where you actually have a block, like block after block of nice homes. And so I've actually started um, getting content of some of the areas just to show people how much growth is in Detroit. And in doing this, I've even gotten more knowledge for myself because I've gone to areas, every time I see a nice block, I just start recording. And I'm finding in some areas, I'll go block after block after block. And they're all just really nice areas and nice blocks. Whereas before, it was like, I may be on a nice block now, but if I keep going, you know, it's like a terrible area. Or if I go around the corner, you feel like you're in a whole different world. So it's definitely experienced a lot of growth um, for sure. And it still is. The, the story about downtown, you know, I know like 10 years ago when I was visiting Detroit, uh, it was kind of scary to go downtown. I hope that's okay to say, yeah, but it's true. 
you know, you, you, you'd maybe, maybe during the day you might take a meeting at an office or something, but like at night you weren't really hanging out down there. It seems like that has really changed. It seems like now I know just in the last year when I was visiting, you know, there was, we were out at a bar and it was super safe, mm-hmm. a lot going on, well lit up, uh, just like really neat, interesting places to hang out at night. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing the same thing yeah, kind of in the city. Definitely. It's been like a 180 degree turn <laughs> as far as downtown. Um, and they're continuing to build. If you go down there now, you'll see like seven different, several different construction sites where they're uh, putting up new buildings, new shopping, new hotels, um, you know, just just everything. It, it's really um, had a tremendous amount of growth downtown. And I know uh, the car industry obviously is is what people talk about with Detroit. Uh, it's been a good ten years, probably not, probably somewhat correlated to Detroit doing well. You know, the car companies that uh, ten to fifteen years ago were were almost on the brink of bankruptcy. You know, they're doing great mm-hmm. and, and growing, and I, I think that's probably a huge boon to the economy of Detroit. Would, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. The um, and, and not only just cars. Now we've always been known, you know, as Motor City, so you know, just just cars. But now it's all you know, all different type of companies and um, big businesses that's investing in Detroit. So it's not only cars. It's um, you know, of course, Amazon. They've built like huge Amazon buildings um, throughout different cities in in Detroit and Metro Detroit. And then um, you know, just Google is is several different other big major companies that began to invest in Detroit as well. That's great. Um, and in terms of, uh, co- the, you know, the impact of COVID, uh, you know, I, I know it got a little bit tricky there evicting tenants through COVID. Um, so some places were greatly impacted. Some weren't impacted too bad. I feel like Detroit was impacted pretty tough where it was really hard to get tenants out. It feels like that's kind of near the end. Uh, maybe just, say a few words on kind of what you saw maybe through COVID and maybe now where we are today? Well, I say Detroit was greatly impacted by COVID. Um, like yeah, really bad. Um, what I saw during the pandemic was, and, and I don't, I don't want to deter people, but it was literally like an investor's nightmare. So you had so many tenants that just, weren't paying their rent and they were just kind of taking advantage of what was happening. So I've literally saw some owners go like two years with no rent and the court systems in Detroit are very tenant friendly. So that's what a lot of people looking to invest in Detroit. I just like to be honest with people. It is a way to invest in Detroit, but it's a specific way. And if you go outside of that way, it may go really bad for you. So when it came down to the COVID situation, um, you had a lot of owners that just stopped getting their rent. And the court systems, specifically Detroit, Michigan courts are tenant friendly, but specifically Detroit, they were even more tenant friendly when it came down to the pandemic. It was like owners had like zero say so on the properties. And, you know, even just to, I had so many owners who just said, forget, we have a program 
um, called SARA. Um, I think it's like COVID Economic Relief or something like that um, association. Mm -hmm. um, so they provided funding for tenants that were not able to pay their rent during the pandemic. The problem with Sarah in Detroit, what I found Detroit specifically is it's taking like months to get the payments and some in some cases years. So owners are having to wait to get their money. Some owners have just been like, forget it. I don't want the funding. I just want possession of my property back. And it's even hard. It's even harder to do that for them just to get possession of their property back. So. It really had a big hit on Detroit. Um, the pandemic did. It is starting to quiet down a little bit now, but literally um, right now it probably, on average, because I have a lot of owners ask me this, on average, it's taken about four to six months just to get a tenant out. And that's not even if you're getting funding. That's just if you want repossession of your property and you're not even asked for any money. Average time is about four to six months. What was it outside of COVID? Like three years ago, how long was it was it taking you to kind of get people evicted in general? It would take, we could get someone out in about 60 days, 60 to 90 days at the most. Okay. In a case where a tenant just really went in and told their sob story and the judge went with the tenant. The, the big thing with COVID is they added their own, um, law or whatever you want to call it to where they added an additional hearing. So before the pandemic, it was, you send your notice, you get a court date. And from there you get a judgment. Now it's, you send your notice. Your first court date is not even a court date. It's called a pre-hearing. So the pre-hearing is actually nothing. You just go to court, they introduce you, and then they adjourn the case to um, you know, to a later date. So that's like taking away minimum 30 days right there mm -hmm. just to go to court for a pre-hearing and for them to adjourn it. So mm -hmm. it just kind of delays things. And now that they say that the SARA funding is starting is over, they're saying that it's over, but I'm still seeing applications. Um, what I've heard is they're trying to do whatever they can do to still try to keep the tenants in the property because they don't want a lot of homeless people, um, which that's what it's starting to turn into because people don't have anywhere to go and the owners just want them out. Right. So that's kind of the hard truth right now. That's going right. On. And, and what you'd think I would expect is that by the end of the year, hopefully we get back for 2023 to a more stable, like two to three months kind yeah. of normal eviction. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's actually not bad. Two or three months is about, you know, it's very reasonable. Yeah. Um, and that was normal. And, and that's, kind of... that's how it was prior to the pandemic. It was just kind of a normal eviction. But. Right, right. Minimum. I say four to six months on average. Four is like a really good case. Tenant doesn't show up at all. Um, makes no argument, nothing. And they just, you know, or agree to be out. Six months more like average, so like six months plus. If and if they're getting the Sarah funding, it's usually gonna go. You know, it can go six months to a year. I've I still have some cases that went like over a year. Yeah, just 
adjourning cases. <laughs> are you are you uh, extra careful on the leasing side? Is that what you kind of recommend? Is mm-hmm. you know, let's be really thoughtful of getting someone in here who's actually going to pay rent. Either that or Section Eight, maybe. Um, how, how do you yeah. kind of think about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, prior in Detroit, we used to do like a five fifty credit score, even though that's fairly low, but for Detroit, you know, that was fairly good and that worked. But um, after pandemic, it's like for sure 600 plus credit score. Um, Some owners are even asking for more. We're definitely, you definitely want to check. We did this before, but even more extensive with previous landlords, see where they're coming from. Um, Another, um, another thing that's kind of a dilemma is when the pandemic happened, they enforced another law that was they cannot um, record um, the eviction. So if ev- eviction took place during the pandemic, it would not come up on the background screening when we do the oh, background wow. checks. So that's like really bad. So anything after the pandemic um, until now we won't have like access to see who's been evicted or who haven't. We can only see like past evictions, like prior pandemics. So that's kind of another monkey wrench thrown. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess what you try to do is actually verify income, but probably also like a call to making sure you verify the old landlord mm-hmm. just to get some, some clarity that the tenants uh, actually paid their rent. And another thing you have to look out for here in Detroit is a lot of people will try to use someone else, which I experienced a lot, um, to apply for them and get approved. And then it's a totally different person that moves in the house. And then you have nothing but problems. So you really got to really be hands-on when selecting tenants. Um, I would even suggest, you know, calling them on the phone or doing a quick little interview just to kind of see who you're letting um, occupy your home. Um, you know, having detailed conversation with previous landlords or just getting more information. If something on the application doesn't add up or doesn't make sense, then it's probably a good idea not to go with that tenant because something in there probably isn't right. So just being a lot more stricter um, on, you know, some of the things that you do before you place a tenant yeah um it, it seems like you've seen investors make a lot of money the last five years you know all, all that being said just some crazy appreciation going on in detroit right now mm-hmm. i mean yeah, yeah it seems like, i just posted yeah. something sorry cut you off i just yeah, yeah. um they just did a report that the average house in detroit now is over a hundred thousand for the average and what what was that like five years ago do you think? I would say at least around like half of that. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. so doubling the the average house price in you know four to five years. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty insane uh, appreciation. Definitely. Cool. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you definitely are a proponent for investors being really mindful of having a, a, a really. It sounds like you know, kind of summing up everything you're saying. Like it's something there's there's good money to be had. There's really great appreciation. You can buy a house for a reasonable amount of money. Something like you're maybe your two pieces of advice that I'm hearing are one, be mindful about where it is. So get someone who really knows the area who can help you out. And then the second thing is be really mindful to who you're letting in 
these units and, and have a really great kind of local team who uh, who can make sure you're, you're, you know, you're getting tenants who aren't going to get you in trouble. Definitely. That can make or break your investment, who you're letting handle it um, here and who you um, rent your property to. That's that's the biggest thing. Are there uh, are there parts in and around Detroit that you like? Like, is there is there is there some part of the surrounding area that uh, you know you kind of talk about more than maybe others to investors about? Mm, I never recommend as far as investment purchases. It, it's never been to me a specific area or specific zip code anything because Detroit has always been block by block. So as mm-hmm. long as you can find a, a decent block. Like if you go on the block and you got all brick homes, pretty nice, decent shape, all the lawns are cut. And then you might have this one home that's, you know, not being well kept. Well, that's a good property to invest in. Or um, it may not be one that's not being well kept, but it just may be a property for sale on that block. Um then it's a good investment. And I'm finding more and more of that, like more and more nice blocks. But it's not, I mean, you have some areas in Detroit that are like great areas to live in. Like some examples is like Rosedale Park, you might've heard of, or Sherwood Forest. Those are really nice houses um, that homeowners are buying right now. But as far as investment Mm -hmm. purchases, um, the best thing is to find you a nice, decent block. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's always been my suggestion. <laughs> cool. Um, do you see most investors are buying in cash these days for for acquiring properties or, 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 or are they getting financing too? I'm finding a lot more financing. I used to deal with a lot more cash. Um, most of all my investors, they were, you know, cash purchasers. Um, now, over the course of the last you know, three to five years, I've definitely, I'm definitely seeing a lot more financing being done. Cool. Okay. Uh, any other, you know, thoughts that come up when, you, when you're talking to investors about kind of investing in and around Detroit? Uh, anything else you kind of talk about or? Um, I think we covered everything. Like I said, the main thing with investing in Detroit is you mentioned it earlier, definitely deal with someone who knows the area. Um, because there are a lot of people that they may have been doing real estate for years, but if they weren't here on the ground in Detroit, um, Detroit is a totally different market from anywhere else. <laughs> I, I always tell people like, cause I, I've dealt with people out of state, out of country, everywhere. And they have investment properties in other states, other areas, but they've never saw anything like Detroit. So it's very important to have someone here on the ground that knows what they're doing um, when you're looking at a Detroit investment. Cool. Look, I mean, fantastic cash flow. I mean, those are cash. Those are cap rates that are super reasonable. Um, you know, I mean, cap rates you frankly don't see other places. Uh, you know, nine, ten type cap rates aren't aren't impossible. If you can find a good team. And clearly there's some appreciation here. Uh, there's, there's people making actually a lot of money in Detroit, which, which may surprise people. I think, uh, I think historically it's kind of had a rotten uh, stigma to it, but it actually sounds like there's some nice blocks out there that are starting to really Definitely. turn around. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, Tyra, thanks so much for talking to us. By the way, you're like a Instagram star, right? Isn't that like your thing? 
Well, Facebook is my biggest. Um, I have my biggest following Facebook. on Facebook, but Instagram as well. <laughs> how, how do people uh, find you on Facebook if they're looking for more tips and tricks about Detroit? Yeah, great. So um, Facebook would be my personal page is actually Tyra Nicole. Um, and that's it. Just like my first name, T-Y-R-A-A, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E. And then I have two business pages as well on Facebook, which is um, Tyra Nicole, comma, Realtor, and then Tyra Nicole, LLC. So just Tyra Nicole <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, and then um, Instagram is I am Tyra Nicole. So I am Tyra Nicole. Cool. Uh, is there an email for people to reach out to you if they have questions? There is an email, um, info at tyranicole.com. Um, so, yeah. Cool. And that's Tyra with two A's. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, well, look, Tyra, uh, awesome. Really appreciate you kind of spending time with us. You're, uh, you're a rock star, helping people make a lot of money in and around Detroit. And by the way, you have like, your, your clients are, are global, right? I mean, you, you help people out literally all over the world invest in Detroit. Yes. Um, I think last time I checked, it was about um, 17 countries that I've dealt with um, over the years. So, yeah, so not just nationwide, also global. Yeah, that's crazy. So, you, you know, you know, 17 different languages. Um, That would be great if I did. But unfortunately, no, <laughs> I, I need to start working on that, though. It's crazy. You know, you know when you think about global investments, you want to necessarily think about people from all over the world investing in Detroit. But it is true. I mean, 17 countries. Wow, that's yeah. like really nuts. You probably have more people invest. You probably have more clients that are non-US than are US based at this point. Yeah, if you if you go by units um that I've dealt with, it's probably more of um out of country. And I've literally been able to help um overseas clients start with their first with one property and build their portfolio up to about, you know, 18 to 20 properties at the moment. That's awesome, Tyra. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Um, super reasonable price points. If you're interested in, in investing in and around Detroit, definitely give Tyra a shout. Uh, well vetted, has an awesome business, has helped people make a ton of money, really knows the ins and outs around it. And we're uh, we're grateful to have partnered with her in, in Detroit. So um, thanks again for joining the podcast and uh, we will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again, Chad, for having me. Thanks for joining us today. One more request. If you want to meet us in person, come join us at one of our live events. You can check them out at realestatehackers.com, held once a month in cities around the country. You can actually follow us on Instagram at realestatehackers, if you're cool, like my wife is. And if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up and maybe we'll even get you on the show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brand production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.